start to question knowledge All the crap you've been told You strive to get the word out About things maybe a little off base Sing it, child Till it's commonplace Cause it's the unknown Where the mysteries grow in the unknown Lots of GMOs It's the unknown Where the cryptids go on the show Blurry photos Blurry photos Oh, it's the unknown Where there may be ghosts in the unknown Facts are scant at most in the unknown you got sexy hosts on the show! Wink! Blurry photos! Ordinary living is like being asleep Ordinary people might as well be sheep Treating extra learning like it's eating a turd Staying nice and ignorant is much preferred And acquiescing blindly makes us corporate pores And seeing such corruption that we just ignore what can we do differently to lift this curse And keep it all from getting worse You seek out the unknown Where vibrations are raised Unknown Paranormal is praised in the unknown Where you'll be amazed by the show Blurry photo Blurry photo Blurry photo Blurry photo Blurry photo Blurry photos Blurry photos Dead Since grade school I've been so brain dead Now I question what I have read And what all my teachers have said I've been misled son Oh we started doing a podcast to teach and have fun blurry photos We'll blow your mind, help you foster a sense of intense common sense Let you explore with stuff galore cause you can Come seek the unknown Puns and listener mail in the unknown Harmonizing fail, it's the unknown. Just email stack, go and deflow. Blurry photo, creepy stories that you really gotta hear. Cryptid contest that you really gotta hear. Candy mouth sounds you won't really want to hear. Never let us record after three beers Unknown. English accents that you weird really websites. gotta hear Unknown. We've got EVPs you really gotta hear Unknown. Crazy intros that you really gotta hear Someone tell Kenneth Hyde to come back here Illuminati says you really gotta hear Dimmick boxes won't really be welcome here I move heaven and hell to get blurred 
Blurry Foe. Leave good ratings and five stars for Blurry Foe. Go to Facebook and like our page, Blurry Foe. Gotta stumble upon us at Blurry Foe. Thanks for listening, we hope you like Blurry Foe. <laughs> Feed me, Stacko! <laughs> oh my crap. <sighs> yeah, that is musical right. pageantry. <laughs> I hope you guys like <sighs> Little Shop of Horrors. One of the, the lesser known musicals, but yeah. fing awesome. Yeah. Yeah, pretty legit in its own right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Blurry Photos. <laughs> the most musical show on Earth. I'm David Flora. I'm David Stecco. Um, <laughs> the hardest thing about singing that entirely is, in is one singing? recording. Yeah. You have to get like some Tuvan voice, you know, harmonizing so that it you're like singing and then you sing the other part at the same time. <laughs> We're really good about that. We're we're very good about that. I mean, uh, hitting okay. notes. Yeah, not so much. Not, not so, so much. much. Um, okay, full disclosure. That took us like three takes before we could just sing every part of the song simultaneously all the way through. But yeah, and sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, who, who are you apologizing to? Well, I mean, everybody. <laughs> In reality, anybody who 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 listens to the podcast, listen, we. We know we can't sing. Yeah, I know. But we we we're not trying to sell a product with our voice. Well, yeah. not not that way anyway. We sing because it's fun to do. Yeah. And I was once told that the single best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. <laughs> well, I'm I'm I don't know about Christmas cheer. Yes, we'll uh, keep doing it well after Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's fun to do musical intros. And now, I'm not saying it's going to happen every time. That's a lot of work, actually. Yeah. It may not seem like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely late night karaoke. Oh, man. For you. The best but, karaoke. But that's that's how we're going to roll sometimes. So if that's you right. don't like it, sorry. Uh, fast forward a few minutes mm-hmm. until we start blib-blabbing. That's right. Like this. <laughs> Sucker. Get it? Anyway. <laughs> Stacko, how you been? Uh, good, good, man. I'm I am diving headlong into the holiday season. Oh, I'm a, I'm a Yule fool, man. I love me some Christmas. I was able to give a friend of mine a speech about the meaning of Christmas really? for real, for like like a legitimate speech about it. Did um uh did who's join hands around you? They should have. It was I couldn't believe what was coming out of my own mouth. <laughs> No, he's uh he's he's super busy. His wife is a doctor. She's doing a trauma rotation for like the whole month. So like she's never home and he's mm. like, "Yeah, we're just skipping Christmas." And I was like, "No, man. No, no, That's Christmas." That's when you double down. Yeah, I was like, "Dude, Christmas is just like a a cup of peppermint hot cocoa for your wife in the morning. That's it. That's all you got to do. Like Christmas is not is not huge magnificent acts. It's tiny little decisions made to make other people's lives better, man. That's what Christmas is." I mean that that was actually an excerpt of the speech that I gave him. Wow, wow. So stirring. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, that's there you go. I'm into nice. Christmas. Nice. I don't, I don't care who knows it. <laughs> uh, I actually I actually put up a tree nice. this year. It's the first time I've put up a tree in a long time. So I've got a, a festive little place. Little little corner of the new apartment that's decked out. Oh man, the the future home of blurry photos. <laughs> I, mean, I I looked out the window the other night and I was like I do not want to go out there. I know. <laughs> See, I'm in a, I'm in a win-win situation. 
the longer you take to unpack those boxes, the longer this <laughs> podcast stays here. But the sooner we get to broadcasting from your apartment, the sooner I have the guilt of doing nothing lifted ever so incrementally from my shoulders. I don't know, man. We'll see if it works out. I, I think that there's a family with a child moving in underneath us. And that will put a penny on the old rails for sure. I don't know. Well, maybe we could um, scare them. <laughs> Scooby-Doo style. Maybe. We could create EVPs. I mean, we're pretty good with the occult. Um, we could Scooby-Doo them out of that house. You can hear through the vents pretty well mm-hmm. already. That, that would be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Terrifying strangers. Well, uh, all of this has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight. Oh, man. Actually, nobody. Actually, okay. One person. Because we are doing a listener request tonight, and a great listener request That's it was. True. Only one person knows what we're going to do, and it's a, such a cool idea. It's so cool. And at first, we were kind of like, oh, that's that's neat, but I don't think there's it's got yeah. much much to it. Yeah. That seems like there's it's all bones and no meat. Yeah. Wrong. False. This is an acoustic pork loin, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's been slow roasting in our crock pot of mystery all day. Flora, tell them what they've won. Well, Dave, tonight we're talking about cryptobotany. Yeah, cryptobiology, we cover that all the time. What? That's right. Botany. Oh, unknown plants? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hidden, mysterious, or otherwise plants. In this, the dead of winter, blurry photos explores their green thumb. <laughs> That Mountain Dew is paying off. Yeah, I chugged a ton of Mountain Dew. I was really tired, and I chugged like a huge amount of Mountain Dew. He's paying dividends right now. You're welcome, America. (laughs) I I deliberately limit the amount of caffeine I have access to for this precise reason. So I need I need to to figure out what my button is. Yeah. Well, mine, mine's awesome. I was able to do that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Very verdant subject uh, tonight. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll plant a little uh, seed of okay. curiosity. And, all and, right. Yeah, and we'll see what, what grows out of that. Okay. That, <laughs> that, all right. But for, for reals, uh, we started looking at this stuff, and it was it's really interesting because the... I, I'm I'm really trying not to use metaphors and puns right now, but the more we dug through this, the more came out of it. The, the deeper it, it did, went, it did it's got some blossom. deep roots. roots. Oh man, I hate this. Everyone's gonna be like, "Okay, we fucking get it, you two assholes." But seriously, this. I mean, yeah, it is. It is what it is, and and there's the, that's how we're gonna describe it. So <laughs> that it, it it kept giving us more stuff to to talk about and. There's uh there's gonna be some Sophie's choices uh, along yeah. the way here. We're not gonna talk about uh, every single thing, but tonight we hope to cover what uh, crypto botany is and what kind of uh, plants hitherto unfound or unknown, yeah, uh, that are out there. And uh, we're gonna delve into some myths and legends. That's always fun. Uh, and then we'll try to hit some some stuff that can get themselves out of the myth and legend bucket and yeah. into your own backyard. Yeah, they're, re- they're reported uh, as as real, but then there are some that may even be real. Some of that might not even be bullshit. So, uh, let's dive into uh, this Yeah, spin the wheel. Where do you want to start, Flora? 
Well, let's go. Let's talk about what crypto botany is. Just okay. To, to set the old table of uh, nummy Christmas goodness. <laughs> Holidays. Holiday goodness. Are uh, we being I'm PC? so offended. You should be. Well, this year, um, Thanksgiving got to just take a giant bite out of Hanukkah. So I don't know what's left. Ironic. So just as uh, cryptozoology is the study of hidden creatures. Right? Yep. Cryptobotany, study of unknown hidden plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Crypto meaning weird. Botany meaning plantsy. Yes. I read the encyclopedia. I'm a genius. The Canadian encyclopedia. <laughs> there, there are plenty of places on earth that are still unexplored and untamed. Uh, most of which are perfect places for unknown plant life to thrive. Yeah. Like uh, your jungles. Oh, yeah. Rainforests. Classic uh, modern cryptobiology hotspots. They have jungles. These are plants which exist in stories, mm-hmm. in myths, in legends, and uh, they're generally not believed to actually exist. Uh, there are new species that are being discovered all the time. Though, Every day. And uh, general notions have been challenged uh, about whether or not some uh, species of, of plants do exist, have existed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a, a huge a difference here. I mean, there are cryptobiologists, and these are not guys that are out hunting scratch. Right. These are people who are like, no, there's been some some reportings of a, of a, of a large uh, deer species in Vietnam. So we're mounting an expedition, and oh, look, we found some pelts, we found some skeletons, and we got a photo of one. Yeah. Those kind of things. What they, is it, the uh, Ukapi? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Didn't I do something to one of those? Was you rode it through Uganda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did ride one through through Uganda. Um, Okapi. Yeah. Okapi, yeah. yeah. But I don't believe that there is uh, an actual cryptobotanist out in the field that's doing like university work of a, of a more of a, a regular sort. I guess I'm, I'm doing a bad job of explaining it, but I think that's I, I just, just botany in general. There is always uh, the opportunity to identify new plant species and they're doing that they're doing an incredible job of it yeah yeah um and so i think there i think this is kind of one of those things where there it's not there isn't a direct equivalency i think that there is a real difference between say, between, say crypto botany and you're just run-of-the-mill botany true and anybody who would uh, fancy themselves a, a crypto botanist i think that would be uh job b for them well yeah it's, and they're probably also just saying that to get laid you know at the sports bar yep <laughs> have you do you see the score of the bears game and also that plant that can eat you <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's a classic line the answer is no um there are uh, a couple of note that that have made a name for themselves in in the field though including the uh, uh british carl Schuker and uh the uh late czech cryptozoologist ivan mackerel i mean well come on flora don't just go for the ones that everybody knows go for some deep cuts <laughs> i i think we i mean everyone um, knows mackerel i mean come on. we we've mentioned mackerel before because oh, yeah. uh he's the dude that was searching for the mongolian death worm that's right and which actually weirdly came up in a lot of our research for this yeah yeah Maybe maybe because of him, but yeah, that death uh, worm—it'll come up out of nowhere. It really will. Get it's you. Shocking, shocking. Um, God, <laughs> let us die. 
but that that's that's who is mm-hmm. uh, has been looking at stuff that's a, a couple of the names making a name yeah let's let's dive in and start talking about uh um, start listing off some crazy motherfucking plants i mean we're we're gonna we're gonna go through a, a hefty list yeah and we're gonna start in the world of myths and legends and and end up in the world of maybe not myths and legends <laughs> It's a short trip, but with a lot of beautiful scenery. Yeah, you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're playing REO Speedwagon on the radio. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, I mean, how many do you want more REO Speedwagon jams for your road trip? Because I've got them. Oh, yeah, I do. I heard it from a friend who did something and do something to your hobo. I've been messing around. Great. Who, by the way, what's the name of your hobo? <laughs> I don't know how your hobo got involved in this whole thing, but Mario, I have a I have a Mario habit speedwagon um, where I work at the the auction house that um, whenever we don't know what to do with something, you sing Mario speedwagon. No, I just say I don't know. Throw it at a hobo, or give it to a hobo, or sell it to a hobo. Those are my three answers. Super insensitive, <laughs> but I think. I think I was misheard today because I got a look from somebody, and I think that they thought that I said homo. (laughs) And then I was like, no, no, I would never say that. I said hobo. Throw it at a hobo. And I realized there was no defending anything that I had done, (laughs) that I'm just a horrible person and had to take that and move on with my day. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) These are Dave Stecco's problems. (laughs) These are these are the slings and arrows that I deal with. Yep. All right. All right. Road tripping. Let's start the old road trip in myths. I think I said that already. Um let's talk about dryads. Oh, I love dryads. You know, they're really good ranged units, but you gotta have like four of them together in order for them to to defeat um the mounted orc units or or the uh, spear throwers. Really? Warcraft three, you know it. Oh, I didn't. I I, I played two, and I've I've played Warcraft, so I, I haven't. Uh, oh man, it's good. World, it's World of Warcraft. I mean, but I, I never played three. Did you just judge me? No. Okay, because you're trying not trying make- to relate, dude. <laughs> Jesus. All right, uh, dryads are tree nymphs that are found in Greek mythology. They're smoking hot. Nymphs are not goddesses, but they are minor nature deities. They're always female, and yes, always smoking hot. <laughs> uh, and they're associated with a, a type of place or a realm. Uh, they have like land nymphs, celestial nymphs, uh, water nymphs, and then they're they're broken down even further than that. Uh, in in one of the uh, particular ones is a dryad. Dryads were connected to trees and specifically oak trees uh, because the root in Greek uh, means oak. I think the dry part of dryads uh, means yeah. oak. Yeah, that is the uh, the signifier, the driss sound there without the S in dryad. And the, the term is used to generally refer to other tree-specific nymphs. So dryad is connected to oak, but then you've got meliae, which were nymphs of the ash tree. And then uh, you've got... Epimeliads, which were nymphs of apple trees, these are also the spirits that you uh, that Jason found protecting the golden fleece in the story of Jason and the Golden Fleece. Uh, and then you've got Caryatids, which were nymphs of walnut trees. Now, if you took a, 
a humanities course sometime in your your past learnings. You may uh, you may have uh, had to do an entire semester on uh, a dendroanthropomorphization. Right. <laughs> Uh, the Caryatids, this is your porch of maidens in, in uh, Greek sculpture and engineering. There's a, uh, there's a porch that has uh, columns carved into Caryatids. So, right. Okay. You're judging what? me hard. <laughs> no, I am not judging you. You have completely blown me out of the water on knowledge right there. I, I'm not even, I'm, uh, you sunk my battleship. Well, <laughs> you sunk it hard. Nah. <laughs> nah. Here's another thing now. Even broken down even farther than that. What? Hamadryads are dryads that are connected to specific trees. Now, I don't mean specific as in oak or ash or walnut. I mean like the tree out on the corner. There's a dryad that lives in and is connected to that, and it's called a hamadryad then. So therefore, if you were to cut the tree down or or otherwise harm the tree, the dryad would die or otherwise get harmed. Right. Now, as opposed to regular dryads who they're just, are... They're just linked to trees linked, in general. Yeah, they, they, they can turn into trees, they inhabit trees, but they're freewheeling and, and um, love to dance. They're, they're dancers. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they run around. Don't forget that the hamadryads also smoking hot. <laughs> now, here's a, a well-known... A dryad from mm-hmm. Greek mythology. Famous dryads from In history. history. <laughs> uh, Eurydice. This oh. was the wife of Orpheus. Yeah. And um, she was a, a famous dryad who, on her wedding day, uh, st- started getting chased through a field by a satyr who was... Uh, Uh-oh. You know, yeah. Trying trying to satisfy his... <laughs> Satyr's going to say. Satyr's going to say. Gonna say, yo. I'm really proud of that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, she uh, she's ch- being chased through a field. She steps on a viper and dies. So uh, again, not not goddesses because nope. they they do have quite uh, mortal propensity to uh, die. And this is where you get the myth of uh, Orpheus descending into the underworld to rescue her because he was so distraught and wanted her back, and then convinces I, I i'm not gonna tell the story this is <laughs> you, you, you go, go find the story of Orpheus. <laughs> Orpheus. this is <laughs> it's good it's a good story anyway uh that's a that's a famous uh, dryad it was considered unlucky to see one or remain in their company so that's something yeah so just when you're walking through the forest just just don't just look around just see the woods yeah and th- the greeks weren't the only ones to have Creatures such as this, nature spirits like nymphs. Right. You get it in all kinds of co- uh, cultures. Uh, for instance, the Japanese uh, culture has the Kodama. Yep. That's uh, that's another type of uh, nature spirit. Tre- linked to, to the trees in the forest, I believe. So the deal with these dryads, again, they, they could turn into trees or uh, inhabit the trees. Nature sp- spirits, protectors. You're going to see this a lot in myths and legends, you know, protectors of, uh, of plants and animals and things like that. So dryads, boom. Boom, dryads. I hope you don't have any more questions about dryads because, Jesus, what what else can I do for you? <laughs> In the same vein here, uh, you get what's called uh, oracular trees. These are, are uh, your run-of-the-mill talking trees. Yeah, you know. <laughs> those. Yeah, you know. Um, and there, you know, you see those things, um, You to bring, uh, to, to kind of bridge the two. 
uh, druids were often said to to consult with sure. uh, uh, a wise or old oak. Um, that's it's really common uh, in the mythology of the the, the British Isles, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. England, Ireland. Um, there's a couple of sort of famous. You want some rock stars? Yeah. All right, I'll give you some rock stars. How about the weeping date palm tree? Hmm. Um, now, this is actually from uh, Islamic tradition. It said that you know the Prophet Muhammad he used to lean against uh, a tree while he would deliver his sermons, and when he moved away from the tree, and and he, they built him a temple elsewhere, not, mm-hmm. a, not a temple, but some place to yeah. All right. Um, the the tree began to cry because he wasn't there, so he had to go back uh, to the tree and kind of calm it down, and be like, "Hey, man." <laughs> It's okay. I'm, I'm still here. Uh, that's kind of, uh, I guess, uh, an equivalent of an Islamic miracle. It was said everyone saw hmm. the tree weeping and, and had to be consoled by the Prophet Muhammad. So hmm. that's one of your rock star uh, oracular trees. Now, uh, oracular, as, as the name implies, also were said to, if they, if they would speak to you, they could tell you the future. They knew things. Sure. And so you have uh, then not only the tradition of the dryads going to them, but other people searching out the tree as a, as a quest you know, yeah, yeah. to get the answer that they're after. Yeah, and you find it all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indian uh, tradition has the trees of sun and moon uh, that they would tell you the future. Classic oracular trees. Um, uh, Marco Polo. Uh, said to have visited it. Uh, Alexander the Great went after that tree. <laughs> I mean, pretty big deal. Pretty that big sounds deal. like a euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get what I say? You know, he's going after some wood. <laughs> Boing. So, yeah. I mean, and this is a... This is a, it's it's a common thing in a lot of of uh, folklore uh, around the world. Yeah. Um. Sometimes these trees in Islamic uh, folklore were depicted as jinn. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, is it? <laughs> is it? Is it, dude? <laughs> so yeah, oracular trees. That's a fun a yeah. mythological. Now branching out from uh, from trees. I'm there. gonna I'm gonna break a <laughs> bottle over the bridge of your nose. Weirdly specific. Well, uh, that's how you sell a thread. <laughs> Specificity. Allow, allow I don't the know, target. It kind of took me aback. <laughs> allow the target to fully visualize what you're trying to say. <laughs> I don't know if you if you had said, I'm going to break this over your face, I'd have been like, oh, but where? The bridge of my nose, possibly? <laughs> I'll never know where. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Yggdrasil. Oh, yeah. World tree. The world tree in Norse mythology. Uh, it's a huge ash tree that links and shelters all the worlds. Uh, it's supported by three roots, one of which goes to Asgard, the home of the gods. One goes to Jotunheim, the home of the giants. And the third goes to Stark Tower in downtown New York City. <laughs> After the New York incident, none of us were the same. <laughs> uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. socks. Oh, no! I haven't seen it. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, they, they're giving Agent Coulson a paycheck, so let's let's not rock the boat. He's been in every one so far. I, th- I think his paycheck is, is doing pretty well. You just never know. You never know, dude. Yeah. You never know. Dude, he died in a comic book movie. There's no way they could bring him back. Ever. You should, you should watch an episode or two just to see what you think. Okay, and then maybe like next week I'll be like... God has judged this program and found it wanting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the third route goes to Niflheim, which is the region of ice and cold, dark and mist, and Nastrand, the shore of corpses. Gross. Where the dragon Nidhogg gnaws on the route. 
the the third route is is uh, uh, the the bad road to take. <laughs> yeah, clearly, don't don't go down that route. Um, was that R O U T E or R O O T? Who's doing it now? Dude? <laughs> Who's doing it now? Killed <laughs> me. Now there was a tree located apparently in what is now the Hesse region of Germany, which was linked by Germanic peoples to Yggdrasil, maybe personification of well, dendrification. <laughs> Dendroanthropomorphization. Sure. Of uh uh of the tree from mythology here on Earth. It was a large oak tree, not ash. It was oak. Uh and it was called Donner's Oak or Thor's Oak, or if you were Roman, Jove's Oak, uh, which was sacred and it was cut down according to legend by Boniface, an Anglo-Saxon missionary who converted the locals to Catholicism. Ass. And later became Saint Boniface. Of of of, of tree chopping? Yeah, yeah. Of oak hatred? <laughs> All right. Boniface Oaksbane. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, gosh, these guys, they're, they're just not taken to Catholicism. <laughs> what can I do to really break their spirits? Hey, that's just a... Uh, Awfully nice uh, oak tree you happen to have here. Uh, pity if someone were to come along and chop it down, isn't it? Isn't it? Maybe we should all go to church and pray that it stays nice and safe, right? <laughs> the name's Boniface. <laughs> come with me. Yeah, so... Dick. A, a, a very uh, big collective nine went up from the, from the locals, and then they uh, started worshiping Jesus. Now, <laughs> nine. Uh, apparently, wood from the tree was used to build a church to Saint Peter on the spot where it stood. So there's some salt in in the wound. Yeah. Um, other cultures have world trees. It's a, again another thing that you're you're going to find with these myths and legends. A lot of them are are pretty connected in just the personification of nature. Yeah, having spirits and and uh, like ideas and one of one of them is this world tree idea that you find it in pre-columbian mesoamerica hindu and buddhist mythology has uh, an idea of this and that's called akshayvat i believe you so that's uh that's your yggdrasil okay pretty okay. pretty interesting now at the uh, at the top of yggdrasil there's set an eagle an unnamed eagle uh, and he and the dragon, uh, Nidhogg, hated each other. And apparently the hatred was fueled by a uh, squirrel? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a squirrel that ran up and down the tree and like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, do you know what that eagle said? Here's what he's been saying about you, Nidhogg. And then he'd run up. Oh my gosh, do you hear what that Nidhogg said about you? He, he said, said, if he's such a good eagle, how come nobody knows his name? How come he's hiding from his own past? And I said to him, well, he's never, been a, he's never been nothing but nice to me. And as an eagle, he probably should have eaten me years ago. And that's exactly how mm-hmm. it went. Yep. <laughs> Couldn't squirrels. Always kicking up shite. <laughs> I think it was a squirrel. I could be wrong. It was some kind of rodent. I hope it was a squirrel. But uh, speaking of pan-cultural nature entities let's talk about the green man oh yeah green man uh-huh. 
he's a man that's totally green. Uh-huh. But we're not talking about Charlie's outfit that he wears when he needs to feel safe or do heavy hallucinogens. Man. <laughs> do you know that I, I heard that reference, that song referenced in something else the other day? And I was like, I know that, but I don't. <laughs> Just because of me? Yes. <laughs> oh, and I was like, why are you singing it that way? It's Nightman. <laughs> Or something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, the Green Man is a figure which appears in uh, one way or another in, in many cultures, like I said, throughout the world, usually depicted in carvings as a semi-human face surrounded by leaves. It's almost like the, the, the unseen eye of the forest, sort of. Yeah. and uh, Very German, very popular in old Germantown. And often the face itself is just made completely of the leaves. Once you, you start looking at it, you notice that the cheeks are leaves. The forehead is a leaf. The chin, leaves. But those teeth are real. No, they're leaves too. He is the personification of nature. And while he doesn't represent a deity or spirit in particular, parallels have been drawn between him and such mythological figures as... The Celtic god Cernunos, also the Celtic Lud, and apparently also Osiris, Odin, Tammuz, linked in one way or another to Most him. recently, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, Robin Goodfellow, or uh, Puck, in A Midsummer Night's Dream from Shakespeare. And uh, the old Robin Hood, mm-hmm. the Green Knight who fought Sir Gawain in the uh, Arthur Tales, and Peter Pan, even. Yeah, and you can find, uh, architecturally, uh, the inclusion of the, of the green man's face in churches all through Europe. Uh, Germany, England, mm-hmm. um, France. It, it's, it's a very common European theme, and it's, it's, it's very regularly was included uh, for a number of years in church architecture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Part of that was how... Uh, when when they were trying to convert co-opting. the pagans, yeah, they were co-opting mm-hmm. the the uh, the iconography that was already used, uh, which which served them pretty well. It seemed like now the color green has pretty much always represented life and nature, and um, representations of uh, this type of face, this carving, have been found in many separate cultures as far back as ancient Mesopotamia, which is about as far back as you can go. Yeah, in in old the the old history books. You know, if you want to go further back, pack a lunch. Tell us how it is when you get back, idiot. <laughs> Researchers. <laughs> so yeah, Green Man. He's not messing around. Much akin to the old Green Man, we get an interesting dude from Slavic myth, the Leshy. Oh, he's he's such he's, he's man lives in woods. He's uh, made his pine cone face. <laughs> He's leshy. He's lushy. Or, or Lesovic. Yeah. Uh, this is the male woodland spirit from Slavic myth. It's, it's not one, one leshy. There are multiple leshy. Yeah. Leshi. It's, it's called a, 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 a harumph of leshy. <laughs> That's what a group <laughs> is. A harumph. A conifer of leshy. <laughs> A kindling. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, leshies can grow or shrink in size. 
and also uh, I, I think I read they can even shapeshift if they wanted to. They cast no shadow, which is pretty interesting. Their skin is pale white. They have green eyes. Their hair and beard are made of living grass. And because uh, their blood is blue, they have uh, blue cheeks. They also may wear uh, a red scarf, and their shoes are on opposite feet. And uh, you know, speaking of which, um, they're they're considered by some to be spirits of the woods, by some to be demons of the woods. But if you run across one, all's not lost. Yeah, you uh, to thwart a leshy. First thing you got to do is turn all of your clothes inside out and backwards, and then put your shoes on the wrong feet. Right, and that. I, uh, by all, by the many exhaustively researched sources, will make the leshy explode, <laughs> and where he was standing will be a perfect black forest cake. I made up the last part, but the clothes inside out—that's how you fight a leshy. Yeah, flamethrower, no good. They're they're not evil per se, but they're very mischievous, and they can lead people astray. They can make people sick, or the worst of it, they can tickle people to death. <laughs> I dare you to try. <laughs> oh god oh god no <laughs> yeah they're they're <laughs> they uh are said to protect the animals and the trees and they can be befriended uh for protection or knowledge so or not, for meat not not all <laughs> gross uh, wouldn't it wouldn't it be not meat <laughs> i don't know if they've got blood they got meat uh, that's what i learned in the woods maybe it's a lot of fiber if it's got blood it's got meat. There's our next t-shirt. <laughs> Bumper sticker soon to follow. Blurry photos. If it's got blood, it's got meat. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't feel good putting that on a bumper sticker without the eyebrow <laughs> emphasis that goes into saying it. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, is Leshy. He's a good guy, after all. He's, uh, he's, he's make he's, home he's, in he's, much mischief. He's make confused. Why is close backwards? Is not make destroy me. No, why you won't make? <laughs> Lashy. Lashy. Mm. Moving on. So those are uh, some pretty popular yeah, those are dudes the, from Those are the most mythology. M- mythological, mythular, <laughs> m- m- mythmen. Moving on to the slightly less confusing... Yeah, and more potentially asterisk. P- potentially, still, still hobbling Myth- around folklore. Yeah. Yep, still folksy. Let's talk about the Agliophotus. Yeah, say it again for the folks at home. Agliophotus. Hmm. This is an herb uh, used in witchcraft and occultism. Supposedly, it's used for warding off demons and black magic. Yep. And uh, fevers, although it's also described in the Necronomicon as being used in the evocation of demons or evil spirits. Now, if you go down to the local store, they're just going to call them peonies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> it is a member of the peony family. But in- interesting that some people say it's it's uh, used against bad stuff. Some people say it's used for bad stuff. Well, there's, there's a divide there. It's just like a handgun. Huh, yeah, you can use it to to, to thwart, protect to thwart a burglar or open a box of chips. I mean, it's very can, utilitarian. Yeah, it's however you use it. Yeah, don't take them. 
Now, now I'd like to take a moment here. Uh, no. Nope. Had enough of him on the last. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're all full up on you. We're all full up on Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to blow the lid off anything for a while. <laughs> Alex, you hack. I mean, I, I, we can call him a hack, but that guy is like rolling in the money of lunatics. We have no lunatic money. Uh, None. <laughs> Not, we don't have a lunatic dime to our names. And that guy is like in a hot tub that's just nothing but lunatic money. Yeah. And lunatic babes. Oh, man. Always with the lunatic babes. I don't know about the babes. Have you seen Alex Jones? Dude, money. <laughs> have you seen Ron Jeremy? <laughs> uh, the different. I don't think that's apples to apples. Okay. but Cards <laughs> against humanity, maybe. <laughs> If Alex Jones did meet a lunatic groupie. Hi, I'm Alex Jones. I'm going to blow the lid off your panties. <laughs> uh, Can't wait for you to infiltrate my bohemian group. <laughs> oh, God. Too too far? No, it's just uh, Alex Jones will sue us. He's got nothing better to do. Anyway... Aglophotis. We just can't give him any reason to. It's mentioned by the Greek doctor. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Dioscorides. Damn it. Maybe. <laughs> uh, you win this round, Flora. <laughs> but uh, I'll be back. Who was who was alive at the time of of Nero? And it was mentioned as a again a member of the Peony family. And before him, it was mentioned by Pliny the Elder or Pliny. I think we can just say plenty. We're friends. Uh, who said it, that it was found growing among the marble quarries of Arabia on the side of Persia. It's considered fictional today, however, because I guess nobody can f***ing find it. Well, it, things go extinct sometimes. Well. Or we rename it and forget that we used to call it that. Shit happens, bro. That's right. Get off me. Now let's talk about let's talk about some truly magical herbs. How about the Raskovnik? Yeah. Is is such nice. Once again, we make you this uh, Slavic is, is such nice herb. Is magic. Is put on elbow, make hurt. No, elbow's fine. Is put on padlock, is much open. <laughs> <laughs> this is a magical herb. Again, this one comes from uh, South Slavic mythology. South side. <laughs> a lot of good stuff from uh, Slavic mythology in this in this one. Nice, nice to see yeah. that come back. Oh, I like the South Slavs. Uh, this herb has various magical properties depending on region, but most commonly it's able to unlock any lock. Yeah. How cool is that? Lock, lock pick herb? Yeah. Brush it across, uh, anything that's locked. Boom. It's open. So unless you're initiated, which I never found exactly what that meant. Oh, no. You have to be tonic. And, and by that... Another pronunciation that I saw mm-hmm. was uh, cathonic, orthonic, orthonic, or, or if you're Eric or, I hope I hope we have some fans of C Lab out there. It's the only reason I know how to pronounce this is because of the Alvis Day episode of C Lab, which is great. And if you know that episode, then you are new, my new best friend. Hmm. All right, crap, Screamo. So uh, the the term uh, tonic or cathonic <laughs> or whatever so you want to say. How, how did that go the first time? Well, it's tonic. Right, tonic. You do, you tonic. don't want to say you don't want to make any emphasis on anything, right? It's no, tonic. So just get through. Tonic. Was that is that wrong? Tonic. Tonic. 
I can just keep saying it. it Everyone's like, okay, we get it. Shut the fuck up. It means you're uh, uh, from the underworld. Yeah. Related, related to the underworld. Darkness somewhere. fills my heart with well, pain. Well, anyways, uh, it's almost impossible to find uh, for humans. Even though it's not uh, a rare herb, you just you can't recognize it. It's yeah. sometimes described as resembling a four-leaf clover. And some legends say it could uncover treasure that was buried. Some legends say that it could transmute lead to gold. And some of them said that it could grant wealth or desires. So it's kind of a catch-all awesome herb. What kind of desires? Some of the uh, animals or chthonic animals. Tortoises, hedgehogs, Mm -hmm. or snakes. Wow. They they knew how to find it. Tortoises? Yeah, I didn't realize that one. they were so metal. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Okay. Uh, and and one way to obtain it, to obtain this herb, was by tricking one of those animals that knew how to find it. Mostly, it was from I think locking up their young. <laughs> it's not really a trick. <laughs> yeah, it's just a dick this move. This is just kidnapping. <laughs> it's extortion. And then they run off and find a a uh, Raskovnik and oh come back to and open the up. cage. Yeah. Ah. Although the hedgehogs, you had to be quick because they'd swallow it. They, they? they just they just gobble it up once they unlock that lock. That's because they're little hogs. <laughs> they're like little piglets. They're little hogs that live in the hedges. And they know the underworld. <laughs> Y'all should leave. Y'all should leave. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's Raskovnik. Yeah, pretty that's cool. pretty cool. That's pretty legit. How about the vegetable lamb of Tartary? Oh, man, anything that has like that uh, elaborate a name is just a giant sack of bullshit. <laughs> now that I've judged it, yeah. Now let's talk about <laughs> I was it. Gonna say we're uh, <laughs> weirdly judgmental tonight. Yeah, I didn't leave us very far to go. Saying that thing at the beginning of this, we're really judgmental. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> This is a plant of Central Asia that was at one time believed to grow sheep as its fruit. The sheep were connected by stems from the ground and uh, they would eat the vegetation around the stem. Now, once the vegetation had been eaten or if the lamb became separated from that stem, it would die. That's such a weird thing. It could then be eaten and apparently its blood tasted like sweet, sweet honey. But it, other than that, was a completely legitimate lamb with meat and Wool. blood. Because it had blood, so it had meat. We've established that. <laughs> Bones and whatnot. It was, it was a lamb that just grew from a plant. Yeah. Some regions believed it was alive and uh, had real blood and bones and meat. And some say it was just fruit. Just a fruit of this plant that yeah. uh, just happened to resemble a, a sheep and, and eat the grass around it <laughs> and provide uh, um, good wool for clothing, which was actually made from it. Huh. Well, way to go. What a what an awfully nice plant. It was mentioned as far back as 436 CE in Jewish folklore, and uh, in, in that it was called the Yedua. <laughs> All evidence of it, just throwing its hat in the ring of everything else we talk about, all evidence is anecdotal. Oh, what? And it's believed uh, it may have just been how the locals explained cotton. (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it. Because they had sheep, they had wool. And cotton's full of meat. (laughs) It's just meat. 
Uh, it was also known as the Boromets. The, also the, the Shuiyang, or water sheep in China. Yeah, now the Chinese version of it, they, they also call it the woolly fern. And apparently this this is close to what this is anyway, because with that, the fruit of it, if you opened it, took the rhizome out of it, yep, and reversed it, apparently it looked like a sheep with its legs sticking up in the air. Now, I it, it's... Hard to picture that, I think, without knowing exactly, without having done it yourself. I think so, that's... botanists, rhizome, help us out. <laughs> I sure I could Google it, but I'd rather hear it from the horse's mouth. I remember uh, going through fields near uh, the house I grew up in and, and running into these pods that had, if you opened them up, it was real stringy stuff with uh, seeds. Milkweed. Yeah, milkweed. Yeah, I knows me some milkweed. Doesn't this sound sort of like that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I'm, think people are making hats from milkweed, but... But, dude, you need to spend more time out in the woods, then. Yeah, but my milkweed hat is my favorite hat. Wear it. Wear it. Wear it if you're so tough. Yeah, why don't you wear it? It's 10 degrees outside right now. Yeah. Hey, you remember when we were bitching about it being so hot? Yeah, that's over. <sighs> we likes it cold here. <laughs> We're getting it in spades too. Mm-hmm. Bring on the cold. I want. I want an Arctic wasteland. I. It, it will never be. <laughs> it will never be. Cold. <laughs> Arctic wasteland. <laughs> It'll never be cold enough for me ever. Yeah, you. You uh, were in Antarctica for six months. I know. Didn't get a get your. Uh, didn't get my fill. Didn't get your fill. Nope. I sleep on a giant otter pop. All right, so uh, we got the lead vigilant. How about uh, how about the fern flower? Yeah, fern flowers are cool. Again, Slavic mythology. Oh, it's such nice. Now, ferns, I don't know if you knew this or not, ferns aren't flowering plants. Shut up! No, dude. So a fern flower must be a very rare thing indeed. Indeed. For a short time on the eve of the summer solstice, one lucky f- has a chance to find a flower blooming on a fern in the forest. What does he get? Well, it's magical and brings fortune, luck, or, this is my favorite, the ability to understand animal speech. Nice. That's a pretty good power, huh? You know what I like about this uh, is the way that they do it in some traditions is uh, during the the night of the solstice, uh, young couples will go off into the woods Quote, unquote, seeking the fern flower. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they're going to find it. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Seriously, they go into the woods to have sex. Yeah. It, uh, it blooms golden and glowing until dawn. And apparently only the courageous can find it. But here's the catch. Sharing the wealth that it brings... Makes you lose everything. So you just have to keep it all? You have to keep it all. Now, I read a fairy tale about this, about a boy who uh, finds the fern flower. He gets a mass of wealth. Good on him. And So far, so good. But he can't uh, share it with his family. Oh, little Nikolai, why you have to keep all of this wealth for yours? No, it's not such big thing. Give to me something. And... He turns into a stone cold asshole because everything's about himself. To. Yeah, if he wants to keep it, 
and he keeps going back to his old house. And every time he goes back, his family's in worse condition. And finally he goes back and they're not there anymore. And apparently they've all starved and, and, uh, you know, horrible times. And, and he realizes that the true treasure is back at his house and he's fine. He can go right back to it. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently it's, uh, it's the old morality tale. So, so, so don't dude, you can seek the fern flower. If you're just going into the woods for some sex with a local friend. Or if you have no family, you're out on the street alone. Yeah. You already hate everybody. If you're going to be a hermit, look for that flower. Yeah. Be a rich hermit. The bravest hermit I know. The new Disney movie. That's right. All right. So that's so, the fern flower. Yeah. How about a uh, Jin Minju? Watch your language. <laughs> uh, this is a creepy one. It's, it's a legendary type of tree that grows in remote mountain valleys in southern China. Oh, yeah. Hey, you want to take a bite of that Jinminju apple? Yeah, you should, because the fruit, called Jinminchi, appear to be human heads. But, here's the good thing, they're always smiling and laughing. <laughs> Ow! Oh, that hurts. Is it Apparently, like... the fruit is very sweet and sour. What if you get... That's, I read that. I am not, I'm not being an <laughs> asshole here. <laughs> yeah, it is on there. I see it. <laughs> Does that mean that you could make out with it uh, as you eat it or before you eat it? I don't know. Why would your mind go there? Because <laughs> it's, 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 it's a mouth, dude. It's a, you just said it's a human head. You can make out with a human head. <laughs> why, why didn't your mind go there? Mm, that's why didn't you wonder if you could make out with an apple before you ate it? Yeah, you're right. Jeez, I hope you feel stupid. Fuck me, I hope, right? Yeah, I hope you feel like a real choice ass. <laughs> nothing nothing too much about this besides uh, uh the legends of it and that it's it's creepy but at least they're just <laughs> laughing so that's the gin minju all right all right you think you're so cool with your tree full of heads yeah what about if i throw some wolaemia up in your face i'll make out with it is that the right answer well at least you're considering it okay at least it's crossing your mind now so my my time here is not wasted <laughs> Wolemia. This is a cool one. This is one of those uh, that straddles the line because it's actually real. What? Now, real threatened. (laughs) This is not anything out of uh, folklore, but it is out of the fossil record. Blast from the past, bro. Living fossils. This is a coniferous evergreen tree only known through fossil records until 1994 when an Australian bloke named David Noble... He could just be a guy. He's only a bloke because he's Australian. Discovered, <laughs> discovered a patch of them in a remote area of the Wolimi National Park. It's part of a species in a family of uh, this type of tree that is 200 million years old. What? The last known fossils of this genus of this tree, 2 million years old. So that's the last time one of these things was thought to be alive on Earth. Wow. 2 million years ago. And the whole family, 200 million years old. So this is a pretty big deal. Have you heard of that fish they discovered? Oh, the coelacanth, mm-hmm. he said off the top of his head. <laughs> yeah. I have heard of it. Maybe off the coast of Madagascar. Oh, 
I don't know. I like it when you don't know stuff, man. <laughs> well, that's because that's why you like me more often than not. For the most part, I don't know stuff. <laughs> yeah, tell tell us about that that oh, thing. Do you mean the Coelacanth, Toyota's release production car from 1983? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm asking about. Scrapped in in favor of the Camry. <laughs> Good choice, Toyota. Yeah, the coelacanth, same thing. Uh, was not known except for fossils, and then some fisherman hauls one up. Everyone, it's a fish, yeah. Everyone gets the gigantic living fossil bone. Yeah, pretty cool. I think people are doing their best to get rid of it still. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's a persistent. It's it's in excess of four hours. Everyone should be contacting doctors. <laughs> Very much in endangered, obviously. Yeah, and it's like the minute you say that to people, they immediately want to go out and kill these things. Oh yeah, you know, um, there was a a time when there was a species of sea lion that was thought to be extinct in the uh, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. This is the most vague story. Sorry, I don't know any details, but uh, a ship found an island covered in these things. Hmm. And they're like, holy crap, they're not extinct. Kill half of them so we can put them in museums. And fortunately, <laughs> it came back. But yeah, like their, their instinct, right off the bat, like, yeah, kill half of them. So, so dumb. Idiots. So anyways, um, those are, that's, that's some examples of coming back from the, from the brink of death, basically, or extinction. That's just a cool story. It doesn't yeah. have to grant wishes to be interesting. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's why I wanted to throw it out there. And who knows what else is out there in the same shape? Because this was in such a, a bum f- area of this park that uh, this David Noble was such a badass. He was uh, bushwhacking out there and, and just kind of noticed that these were not normal looking trees. They're not something that he recognized. So he killed half of them and took their pelts for museums. <laughs> no, he did exactly what somebody should do. Like it was real lucky that, that he happened upon them because uh, he knew exactly what to do. He got a, a little bit of a sample, but he went back and was like, can you test this, you know, and, and see what the deal is with this? Cause it doesn't look normal. It was like the perfect way to discover a, an extinct thing that was alive again. So good on uh, Mr. Noble for that. But I'm sure that the rainforest has a ton of play. The the rainforest, as if there's just, you know, rainforests on Earth have have a ton of this stuff that's probably getting plowed away, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, all kinds of stuff is getting. And it's and this is a this is a particular tree. This Willemia has already danced with the devil. They did genetic testing, and all of the trees are yeah. identical. Yeah. Meaning that, I mean, obviously they have a lot more research to do on it, but what they think is that this this particular stand got uh, brought all the way down to one or two individuals and then came back again. Ugh, Adam and Eve did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is this is the Adam and Eve of trees. That's right. So this is like uh, Adam and leaves. Is that how's that for your crappy <laughs> don't count pun? That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I thought so. Yeah, I was pretty proud pretty of myself. Good. Pretty damn Probably good. Probably gonna do a victory lap around the house. Moving on. Moving on. Well, let's let's uh, move away from helpful plants or or interesting non-invasive plants. <laughs> let's go to some harmful plants. Yeah. How about the plants that are trying to uck my shit up? How about them? Let's start with the old mandrake. Mandrake. Ah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm learning. Uh, this is a plant 
that's featured in spells and rituals. Oh, yeah. It's got some Bible in it. It's, it's also mentioned in the Bible. The whole thing's poisonous, except for the fruit. And it contains uh, a ton of chemicals, some of which are hallucinogenic and, and even deadly. Yep. In the Bible, in uh, Genesis chapter 30, there's a, there's, it's, it's a pretty funny story of... I'll, I'll try and give you a, a, a real brief overview. Uh, Jacob's son, Reuben, and he found the mandrake in the field, took it back, and Rachel, who was uh, Jacob's second wife after Leah... Yep, and yep, yep. Bible. She wants Cut to it. the chase, Bible. Cut to the chase. She wants it and bargains for it um, with Leah to have Leah sleep in Jacob's bed. What? Leah, Leah, the ex-wife, to sleep with Jacob. Yeah, right. We get it. And and then she would give uh, Rachel the, the plant, the mandrake. Yeah. So that deal gets done. Jacob's <laughs> like, hey, win-win, brah. Yeah. And then Leah gets Preggers has what? three more kids, apparently. It's supposed to be barren, but then has three more kids. Um, and so, uh, but because of this, it was kind of considered to be helpful for fertility. Yep. It loosely resembles a a human with the roots. Yep. Which is, is kind of funny. I guess it's like the little legs. Yeah. But when it's dug up, Legend says it screams, and all who hear the scream will die. Yeah. Murder sound. And it's said that demons cannot bear its smell or its presence. It's kind of like as garlic is to vampires, mandrake is to demons. Good. Get us some mandrake. Like, go to the store, Laura. All right. I want mandrake. Mandrake. Uh, so that's that's your mandrake. That, that's a the, that's a pretty that's a that's a that's a rock star of the crypto botany world. Everyone's heard of mandrake. I mean, it's got a big chunk in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any witchcraft thing, I think yeah. you'll only find Neville that. Longbottom knows how to deal with them. <laughs> Too bad he dies. Oh, whoops! Don't no, you dare! No, Everyone's like he turned so he went from zero to hero. <laughs> Mama like meow. That's what happens. That's how that turned out. Mandrake is an actual thing. It's not. It's not like something that's not able to be found. I'm sorry. These what? Days. Mandrake's a real thing. I, hold on. Are you implying that the Harry Potter movies are not a documentary? <laughs> Watch yourself. But thin I'm, ice, bro. Sif. I'm, thin. I'm treading ice. carefully. Treading yeah. carefully here. Yeah. yeah. I I think uh, the the most popular thing that's known about them is the screaming. Yeah. And uh, the death. And I've even heard. I think madness can result <laughs> the death. from. The screaming, the whole death, the madness. Alfred mandrake. Hitchcock presents the mandrake. But that's not the only plant that's looking to uh, whoop your ass. What else is? Hungry grass will whoop your mm. ass. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by the National Hungry Grass Council. <laughs> Hungry grass, uh, certain patches of land in Irish mythology. Hey, Ireland, good to see you again. Where if a traveler passed over them, these patches of, of land... They would suffer from uncontrollable pangs of hunger, and they would die without immediate help. Yeah. Hmm. It's possibly planted by mischievous fairies. So uh, how do you deal with this stuff? Well, you walk around with uh, some crackers in your pocket and uh, possibly uh, beer. (laughs) Beer helps. There you go. Yeah, that's uh, the only way to stay safe. If you're going to travel this countryside, take this beer with you. (laughs) And maybe a wee snack in your pocket. I 
<laughs> that's adorable. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, that's a great commercial though. Yeah. <laughs> oh crap! I've stepped on some hungry grass. Good thing I have this Guinness with me. <laughs> me life, it's saved. All thanks to Guinness. <laughs> Drink Guinness. Guinness, Guinness, Guinness. Oh, and in case all your douchebag friends who did a semester abroad haven't told you, it tastes different here. Drink it a swarm. Yeah, uh, so so that's hungry grass. Yeah, fun. Do you have you ever? Do you think there's any plants with uh, really difficult to pronounce names left? I got one. Oh yeah, what's that? The umdalibi. Ooh, <laughs> I maybe that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> this is a species of tree said to exist in Zululand, South Africa. Described thusly: delicate green leaves, a dead outer bark layer, and a living bark layer beneath. Ooh. And it has red and black fruit. Apparently it grows in rocky terrain, although the ground around it is lush and scattered with skeletons. Of what? Well, according to the best two sources that we have, <laughs> and probably the only two sources, and these sources are stories collected by Henry Calloway, and a report by G.W. Parker, who were both missionaries, I believe in the 19th century. The tree is toxic, causing death to any living thing that gets near it. Maybe by some kind of poison cloud or, or spore cloud or something? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, I don't know, I'm just I'm spitballing here, carbonic acid gas. <laughs> Strangely specific from our boy Parker. It also has a uh, caustic fluid in it, so if uh, if somehow the the bark was split open or, or cut into, then this caustic fluid would flow out. Well, no specimen has been found to date, unfortunately. Oh, womp womp! Huh. No murder trees. This is similar to the bohun upas. In Malay? <laughs> I think everyone knows everything they need to about the Bohunupas. Come the on. The Bohunupas. Um, that's a Malaysian tree that's that's pretty much just like this, I guess. Murder tree. So that's that's a murder tree. How about the vampire vine? Ooh. A.K.A. the devil's snare. I thought you were going to say devil's lettuce, and I said, sorry, weed already owns that. Uh, this is a supposed network of roots and vines which entangles its prey and uses thousands of little suckers to drain their blood. Sweet. Yeah, only it's completely fictitious. Oh man. Sorry, bro. Now, there is a parasitic plant called Cascuta, or daughter, which uses uh, thin stems to wrap around other plants. Only the thinnest. And then feed off of those plants. Uh, that's also called strangleweed or devil's guts or, <laughs> or witch's hair or hellbine or any number of other uh, folksy names that it could go under. The idea of this is kind of similar to uh, what you would find... If you looked up the man-eating tree of Nubia, for Oh, example. yeah. More murder trees. Yeah. Look out. Don't get murdered. <laughs> and speaking of more murder trees, the Yate Veo. Yeah. This is a carnivorous plant. It's not a Kia car. No. No. <laughs> this is a carnivorous plant which grows in Central and South America. 
It's reported as having a short, thick trunk and long, tendril-like stems used to catch prey. And by prey, we mean hikers. Some accounts say that its trunk opens like a horrific maw to swallow victims. Now, it may have leaves, which apparently are just camouflage. They don't actually serve a purpose. And it, uh, it hides and blends in so well with other stuff around it that by the time you recognize it, it's too late. And it, it is your you. ass. Which, <laughs> which makes its namesake Yateveo, which in Spanish means, I see you. Oh, creeper. Yeah, makes, makes that uh, stand out. <laughs> Man. Oh, you think that's it, dude? No. Yes, I did think that was it. <laughs> How about the Madagascan man-eating tree? Oh, that's from Madagascar. Yeah. This is reported by a, a German explorer named Karl Leisch in papers in 1874, who apparently witnessed the Makoto tribe ritualistically sacrificing a woman to this tree. So, his accounts... His account says it stood eight feet high, had leaves that were 12 feet long, tapering to sharp points. It had a plate-like appendage on the top of the thick conical trunk, which held a clear, honey-sweet, violently intoxicating liquid, under which protruded long, green, hairy tentacles that were eight feet long. And then around the plate... Six transparent tentacles, five foot tall, stood straight up and twisted with constant movement. Weird. Yeah. Now, this was so fascinating that the Michigan governor, Chase Osborne, went in search of it in the 1920s and apparently only found tales of it from the locals. Oh, no way. Nah, sorry, bro. They're like, oh yeah, we just did like this, this, this giant, really crazy uh, sacrifice. You missed it. So it's over now. You can't even find it anymore. We have to go now. <laughs> the original uh, story of it was pretty unanimously considered fabrication, completely yeah. made up. Yep. Even yep. even the figure of Carl Leish himself may have been made up. And another thing that makes this particular crazy cryptid plant unlikely is its collection of specialized structural features that it has having this uh, uh plate-like structure with with intoxicating liquid having all yeah. these tentacles it it sounds pointy like pointy leaves yeah like the, the the intoxicating liquid i mean i mean the guy's making it up but you know like he's he's listing off what a plant who did that would require yeah. You know, like, oh, you come in, I'm offering you what seems to be a food source. It incapacitates you. The the tendrils. I Japanese tentacle you. porn you. And yeah. then boom, that's dinner. Yeah. So uh, apparently people have, people who know what they're talking about have been like, well, maybe a plant has one of these, maybe two, but why would it need all of them? All of them, you know, from an evolution standpoint, it would be pointless you know you would only just evolve one thing that would help yep anyway our friend uh ivan mackerel sought it he that was a that was another thing besides the old mongolian death worm he went in search of uh this madagascar tree mm-hmm. and um 
I, I don't think he was successful, but I'm sure. Well, but he had no a good one time. ever heard from him again, so <laughs> that's not at all what happened. But it'd be cool if it was. Yeah. Except for his for his family, they would not like that outcome. So that's your dude. Cryptid I hope you, yeah, crypto botany. Yeah. How did that feel? You, you you haven't heard a show on that. Promise you. <laughs> Uh, you do get some real plants that are plenty weird yeah. out there. I mean, everybody knows the old Venus flytrap. Mm-hmm. That's a pitcher that's an plant. The, the pitcher plant or the Nepenthes. Oh, yeah. that's the, Those are cool. Those are uh, plants that basically they're, the flower of it is a shaped like um, a pitcher. Or to me, it looks kind of like a, a stomach. Yeah. Like an elongated stomach and... Filled with sweet-smelling liquid that draws in insects. Yeah, usually insects. Maybe an occasional rodent. Maybe. Maybe, but uh, they fall in. Or, and or they smell like rot, so they'll draw in flies. Yeah, and, and they, they fall in this pitcher, and then the sides are slippery, so they can't get back out. And then there's liquid at the bottom of them that digests And then it everything. gets its taste. <laughs> So that's that's a pitcher plant, um, a plant called the yellow trumpet, which uh, is similar. It lures in prey, mostly insects, with uh, ne- nectar, which then paralyzes the insect. So the nectar itself is is doing yeah. word, work, and uh, the sundew plant, which also lures with with nice smelling nectar, and then when the insect gets there, it wraps these hair like appendages around it and suffocates the insect and then gets its taste i mean it's possible that in some of these remote places these things grow huge yeah you know but but their 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 means of subduing prey are very very passive yeah 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 they're they're passive and they have uh evolved to be very specific in how they do it yeah so requires very few moving parts yeah I mean, even even the Venus flytrap kind of relies on more of an engineering trick. There's no musculature, you know, in a plant. You have to always keep that in mind. Like there's there's nothing to make them whip around like that. And so there's uh, when you see uh, plants that do have a, a physical reaction, there's usually more of an engineering trick. There's a, a a lot of energy deposited that just gets released once. Yeah. That you yeah. Know, so and then it has to reset. And- yeah, and then that takes a very very long time for mm-hmm. it to reset. Yeah, and the some of the stuff that we're talking about that's out of legend and lore, it gives the the plant a sentience, right? That just a you know, motivation. Yeah, that to date no one has ever uh, experienced yeah. on record. <laughs> you know, there's something else that humankind may have never experienced to date. Oh yeah, it's something just, that doesn't require musculature. No, no, it just requires tricks with a huge, an enormously long reset cycle. <laughs> Puns. <laughs> with thine. That's right. Uh, now, Flora, I asked you last week. You went first because you claimed it and you shafted me. <sighs> You're not getting that chance twice. So I'm leading this thing off. <laughs> All right. Let's see what you got. Well, uh, first is that um, turns out the dryads uh, not only like to sing, but uh, some of the dryads, particularly the uh, dryads that were just associated with one tree, also like to rap. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, their first album was entitled, Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Elm. Like a, it was an MC Hammer joke. <laughs> because MC Hammer said, please hammer, don't hurt him. Please. Oh. They're Hama Dryads. Yeah. Please Hama, don't hurt Elm. Well, you that didn't a, steal mine. 
<laughs> I didn't think I did. That's the rich sound of a bunt, mother liquors. <laughs> this bitch is on base. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's see here. I've got a restaurant that specializes in uh, uh, breakfast. Breakfast mm-hmm. that that's from you know you 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 can get them from different cultures around the world. Oh, delicious! It supports your your entire day. It, that's great. Yeah, I'm excited. You might even have a, a a dragon gnawing on on some of it under the table. Oh, okay. It's called Bacon and Egg Drizzle. Oh God, I I smelled that one at the last second. I did. I got <laughs> a whiff. Good. I got it a whiff good. of it. Yeah, it smells good. I've got one. Do you? Yeah. Um. Japanese television show, kind of a mashup of genres. Okay. On one hand, they've got ancient uh, nature spirits, but they're it's in a far flung future where they're trapped out in space, living a from, with a ragtag fleet trying to to flee from sentient robots. It's called Nature Spirit Galactica, and the the leader is uh, Admiral Kadama. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Anything you have to explain for 10 minutes (laughs) is always quality. That's right. So say we all. Yeah, so say we all. (laughs) All right, Floor, bring it home. All right. Well, let me spin up my FTL here. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, I've got an actor, actually. I don't know if you've worked with this guy or not. Well, I've worked with a lot. You may have have seen him in movies. You seen this guy? You heard this guy? You hear about this? He actually specializes in Slavic mob films. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. I've watched a ton of those, so I probably know exactly who you're talking about. It's Joe Leshy. You motherfucker. <laughs> Joe Pesci is the owner of the single greatest motherfucker in Hollywood. No one says it like he does. That's great. I like Joe Leshy. Yep. <laughs> Oh man, so, them's puns. Them's them's his puns, and the only the only thing that can wash out the foul, uh, sickly sweet and in, incapacitating flavor of puns is listener mail. That was we should have used that in the fucking song. Yeah. Well. Ding ding ding, and in this corner. The welterweight pun champion, Greg the Haymaker Buck. Wearing the powder blue shorts. Not wearing shorts at all. (laughs) Please put on some shorts, Greg Buck. Greg Buck. Greg. Greg hits us in the face with puns Oh, man, yeah. He starts with the rabbit punch. He moves into the cross and then boom, as the name implies, the haymaker. So let's kick it off. Yeah. Uh, when building cities in ancient Turkey, you have to eat, but you want to keep your food fresh. So you should, you should always pack it in Gobekli Tepeware. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> one, one, two, one, one, two, one. <laughs> That's right. He's working the midsection. Uh, he says in Egypt, a little known fact was the great Tutankhamun was always in pain and was said to be addicted to oxycodone. Oh. <laughs> Three, four, three, one, two, three. <laughs> also, uh, he shows me a little solidarity and that he also remembers Eni Camus and the hot stepper. Well. Turn it up, excuse me, Mr. Officer. Turn it down, still never like that. How much singing? How, in a year, are we going to have like a special episode where we don't sing? Well, 
doesn't isn't it supposed to like lower your blood blood pressure or something? I don't know. It's supposed it's, to make you feel good. It does make me feel good. Now, conversely, hearing it, <laughs> yeah, doing it's one thing. Yeah, sorry guys. Yeah, yeah. Greg, uh, Greg sent us some uh, information about quote, quote unquote information. Quote, yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, "Sure, you already knew this, but Judas, you know, from the Bible, Judas was a vampire." Did you hear about this? Did you, did you see this? Did you guys hear uh, what Judas got a little? Got himself a little uh, weekend job. Apparently, he was the first vampire, and and apparently, there is some <laughs> crap floating around out there uh, about this being true, and, and some of it verified by Yahoo Answers. True. So yeah, that's he, fact. He, he threw that in there for for well, because he knows that I have a much higher uh, level of, of proof required. Maybe before I believe something. Maybe this is something we could uh, we could throw in to an episode one day. Oh yeah, one day in the old future. Uh, Vampire Judas. Vampire Judas. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, same thing with a uh, uh, robot apostle Paul. Yeah. I think they fought once. Well, for the moon. <laughs> There used to be a civilization on Mars until their battle got out of hand. <laughs> Robot Apostle Paul was mm-hmm. disassembled on the road to Damascus. Yeah, technically he was a mech apostle, <laughs> and then he had his conversion to the new iOS. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> before we just wallow in that. Yeah, Greg. Uh, Greg ends it with one more pun for us. He says, there's a new erotic novel about a man's trip to a secluded cabin, which is haunted by a very dominant ghost. It's a tale of love and exploration called Sifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> that is a top five pun of the year. <laughs> That's a good one. Good oh, one Greg. That, is, that is magnificent. <laughs> I'm here on the lake, but where is the man? <laughs> no, I, I guess that would it would be like I'm here in the bedroom, but where is the man? That's awesome. Don't forget if you're in Chicago, Greg Bach will be playing at I think Second City the 29th of December. Nice, yeah. Check it out. We heard again from listener Josie. Hi, Josie. Well, hi to Josie. Uh, Hi. She says she was listening to our reptilians episode and thought that maybe one of the reasons why humanity hates reptiles is because of how different than humans they are. Because, you know, people do hate things that are different than them, even other people. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think, I think you're honest. I think that there is something that is so completely foreign about reptiles to us. Yeah. That, that does engender like an an instant uh, revulsion. Right, right, yeah. And maybe even for something so different to be similar like that, even even with scales and vertical slits in their eyes and all that stuff, they're still, you know, if they're humanoid, that's uh, that's just, that makes you pissed off. Yeah, you don't like, like it. Yeah, you, you're not supposed to be like that. You're supposed mm-hmm. to have little bitty arms, and you're supposed to chase Jeff Goldblum in a Jeep. <laughs> Oh, man. Thank you, Josie. Thanks for writing in, Josie. That's interesting. Oh, man. Let's see. I wonder if there's anything else. Oh, wait. Look to the north. A rider approaches. Uh, <laughs> Officer Garcia. <laughs> I see her back. No. Look. It's Don Luke. <gasps> and he has brought a burro loaded with pants. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, 
don't look toward blurry hacienda. <laughs> Oh man, Don Luke. Hey Don Luke. <laughs> First, thanks for adopting the name full time. Yep. Yep. Second of all, prepare yourselves because he is loaded. Here we go. That poor He's... little burrow. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Where do you cook self indulgent chicken? A bohemian stove. Mm. Oh, I'll bet she can't make that pun rhyme. Where do you store your urban pirate booty? A bohemian cove. Oh, Yar. he did it! Oh, no, he did not just do the thing. (laughs) Favorite urinating president? Not Richard Nixon, but Bohemian Grover Cleveland. I like it. That's that's what Grover Cleveland. What, what do you think like that? What did? What do you think? Uh, it, it, President Nixon. What did? What did you think of Grover Cleveland? Oh, I think uh, Grover Cleveland was a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> the latest Norwegian dance sensation. What does the box say? Ring a ding 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 And finally, to put us out of our own misery, a sandhill crane that makes its fortune off of logging industry. A pine baron. Oh, Don Luke, we thank you for bringing these finest puns to our hacienda. You honor us. Don't get caught by the aficionados. (laughs) Thanks, Don Luke. Thanks, Don Luke. We'll see you again. When the time is right. I will always love him. Believe in Don Luke. (laughs) Don Luke believes in you. Well, you know who else believes in you? Who? Connor. Hey, Connor. What up? Connor hits us with a pun from our Bohemian Grove episode. He says, in the Grove, there's a small dance club in the style of Soul Train known as the Bohemian Grove. Oh, yeah. Oh, welcome. <laughs> welcome, privileged white man. <laughs> Solid gold. Show me what you were born with and have never worked a day for. <laughs> he says, also, few people know that the Grove was where the phrases... Hang out with your wang out and rock out with your cock out originated. (laughs) Sure enough. Man meat. Also, he recently learned where the word etiquette has its roots. It's French, meaning little ticket, referring to small slips of paper given to commoners when meeting royalty. As such, he says, a haint ticket is, in a way, a correct phrase for a slip of paper with rules for acting like a royal bitch. Which is what I am. Oh, I'm the worst. Stecco, he also wants you to, to stop harping him on, on calling you out for down with the sickness. <laughs> That's the right one, right? Yeah. That is a song by Disturbed. There you go. Yes. I uh, see. No, this is about me learning. See, he, he heard a recent report of a Disturbed cover band, the bassist of which, while performing, was tuned so low while playing the aforementioned song, hit the infamous brown note, which caused everyone in the club to release the contents of their bowels. Thus, the report headline, Heavy Metal Fans Are Brown With The Sickness. Oh, God. Brilliant. Uh, great. Thanks, Connor. Uh, We also got a couple of great messages uh, from our friend Bob, Painting Bob, and our simple reply is, ease off on the throttle there, Bob. Pump the brakes. There's, (laughs) You are about to find out that there is a toxic limit to how much blurry photos you can listen to in a day. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is this is a, a beverage best sipped and not chugged. <laughs> <laughs> we are not a session podcast. Yeah, as much as I appreciate it, I'm kind of worried about you because we can't even listen to ourselves that much. <laughs> but thank you. I, oh, Bob, you're I, the best. I I admire your uh, your your tenacity. Yeah, that's endurance. <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> Uh, thanks for writing in, you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. You guys are magnificent. Thanks for the reviews, and thanks for sitting through our, our singing. Oh, man. I love it. <laughs> you I love, love, I love them. that the, I love them sitting through it. Sitting through it. If you can uh, uh, forgive us for the songs that are that are fun and, and just full of parody, yeah. uh, go to iTunes. Give us uh, five stars. Rate us. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us how how you, you can how tell bad us. we sing and and how good we are in the rest. You can tell us with the twitters. You can tell us with the facebooks. You can um, send a an, an an interest missive through StumbleUpon. You can uh, you can you can YouTube it. Yeah, you could um, come to my apartment in Foursquare and become the mayor of this podcast. Man, could um, you imagine? Yeah. The, there's a lot of official duties and you you have a lot of violations with the city to clear up so please we need someone yeah. to become the mayor you you want that mantle yeah do you want that you can you can email us you can facebook message us i already said that but it's so easy you i said can go it twice to our contact page on blurryphotos.org mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and contact us like any one of these wonderful listeners did uh, that you just heard from, and and tell us something cool. Suggest something to us. Tell we, us a pun. This whole episode is a direct result of uh, of a recent show suggestion. We yep. keep all of them. We have this big database. We we have a big spreadsheet. Yep. We go through it. We're trying so to check them all. Even if even if you sent one in a while ago, oh, why don't you just keep listening? Yeah, don't worry. Don't come it. around that corner. It, it'll toot, get toot. you. It'll get you. It'll get you. Uh, blurry underscore photos on Twitter, blurry photos podcast on Facebook. Please go and tell your friends to like us. Even if they don't listen, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't listen, what you could do is say, Hey, I got a podcast you should listen to. That's right. It's you time for you like to it. get on board with this. Yeah. It's the time future. for you to actually be cool for yep. once. Mm-hmm. You son of a bitch. Be real angry. Get real <laughs> angry. Get right up in their grill. That's, yeah. Catch those flies with vinegar. Mm-hmm. So. For this episode of Blurry Photos, I am David, the incapacitating Nectar Stecco. And I'm David, Venus Flora Trap. Oh, that was good. (laughs) 